We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to talk more about education and why you should care deeply about who you elect in your state to lead it and to guide it. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. As you know, over the course of the last couple days, the topic has been education. And I have focused specifically on the upcoming race to replace Joy Hoffmeister, who is the superintendent of public instruction for the state of Oklahoma. And I have suggested that you should care deeply about who is elected to replace her. At present, you have three individuals who have announced their candidacy. And all of these individuals need to be asked what they think about the key issues, the key ideas, the key agendas of our day. They need to be asked what they think about the daily news and what they think about things such as critical theory, what they think about identity politics, political correctness, cancel culture, what they think about subjective identity claims. They need to be asked what they think about some of the headline stories about education that are taking place across the country. Why? Because what is happening in Vegas ain't going to stay in Vegas. What is happening in Chicago, in Boston, in New York, in Arizona, in Oregon, in Philadelphia, in California, none of these things are going to stay there. And in fact, they have already left those communities left those states and they have already ventured into your own backyard and if you don't elect somebody who understands these issues and is going to guard the heart mind and soul of your kids and of education here in the state of Oklahoma you're going to suffer the same fate as these other states these other counties these other school districts and these other communities So today we're going to talk about education again, and I'm going to remind you of some things I've said in the past that you may have forgotten, and I'm going to use it as fodder for reminding you that whether or not you still have kids in school, or whether or not you have kids in elementary school, high school, or headed off to college, or if you have none of the above, you should still care about education, because if we don't get this one right, our culture is lost. Let's take a break, acknowledge our sponsors, and when I get back, I'm going to remind you of some anecdotes, some key stories about education that have been prevalent in the news over the course of the, oh, let's just say the last handful of months. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. All right, I want to remind you of some key stories that have taken place over the last handful of months, like I said before the break. Why? 
Because education is a mess. It's a mess. And if we don't admit this, if we are just acting like everything is hunky-dory and everything is going along just fine and we're accomplishing what we should be accomplishing in our schools, then we are ostriches with our heads in the sand. And our butt is sticking up in the air and it's going to get shot. So we need to recognize there is a mess and that education, at least in part, is responsible for creating it. So what am I talking about? Well, in Chicago, do you remember this story? Chicago Public School District announced this summer that it would immediately start providing prophylactics to fifth graders throughout the city's entire school system. And this is what Kenneth Fox of the Chicago Public Schools said. We want to make condoms available to students when they think they need them. When you don't make those resources available, then bad stuff happens, close quote. To fifth graders, who in their right mind thinks that a priority for the public schools should be providing condoms for fifth graders? And that if you don't, you're going to have a failure in education. In Belmont Public Schools in Boston, Massachusetts, they released their summer reading list for students as young as kindergarten. And in that reading list, in addition to sex education, they now have readings that say whiteness gets your soul and causes you to mess endlessly with the lives of your friends, neighbors, loved ones, and all fellow humans of color. Close quote. So they're starting to indoctrinate kindergartners on this divisive rhetoric of critical theory and that if somebody has a certain color of skin that that will get into their soul and cause them to mess endlessly with the lives of their friends and their neighbors and their loved ones. That'll really bring the nation together, won't it? In Arizona, the Department of Education made headlines this summer for its recommended reading list on equity, which now includes research papers on how white babies as young as three months of age are already harboring racial and sexual biases that demand the state's intervention. In New York City, you, we had Justine Ang Fonte, who boasted to the media about teaching masturbation techniques to first graders at Manhattan's prestigious Dalton School. And she was also teaching porn literacy, quote unquote, to junior high school students at a neighboring prep school. In August, Matthew Kay of Philadelphia, an English teacher, he posted on Twitter that his fellow teachers were worried how they would cope with an unwanted intrusion from parents because of the damage, his language, that they might cause if they overheard the lessons that he had prepared for their children. I should make it clear that was last August, obviously not this August. And about the same time, about a year ago, parents of students from Rutherford County Schools in Tennessee, they were sent a note telling them that they must sign a form agreeing not to monitor their child's online 
classroom sessions that they were receiving during COVID-19 classes. This doesn't end there. In California, we had a philosophy professor at the University of California, Santa Barbara, who posted on Twitter this past year that if he could go back 2,000 years, the first thing he would do, and I quote, is find and assassinate Jesus of Nazareth, close quote. And then there's the National Education Association, an organization that represents nearly all of our public teachers across the nation. It held its annual representative assembly this year, where delegates from across the United States came together to officially proclaim their educational priorities for our culture and our kids. And what did they decide that they should be making the primary concern for the curriculum in our schools? Well, here it is. They voted to increase the implementation of critical race theory, quote unquote, in K through 12 curricula, and also to coordinate overt campaigns to intimidate and silence any parents who oppose their agenda. And just in case you're confused, as to what they mean by implementation of critical race theory, the NAE, National Association of Education, says this, we resolve to develop a study to critique patriarchy, cis-heteropatriarchy, capitalism, ableism, anthropocentrism. In other words, they're telling you right up front that they will be teaching your kids that two-parent families, strong, responsible fathers, self-reliance, free enterprise, personal responsibility, traditional morality, heterosexual fidelity are all products of white privilege and should be dismantled and replaced through a neo-Marxist revolution. I'm not kidding. That's not an exaggeration. This is the state of education in America, and this is why you should care who's going to lead education in your respective state, whether it be Oklahoma or otherwise. There's more. Brooklyn College's Lori Rubble is a professor there who argued, and this is a quote, the idea that math is in any way objective is a myth, and that two plus two equals four is trope that reeks of white supremacist patriarchy. Close quote. Rutgers University faculty, their English faculty, they officially altered their writing standards this past year to incorporate, quote, critical grammar into their pedagogy. What's the translation there? Well, they're going to discard pronouns such as he and him and his and hers in favor of gibberish like z and zim and zis and zers. Okay, that makes all the sense in the world if you want people to learn to write properly and to communicate accurately. And I've talked ad nauseum about Nicole Hannah-Jones of the 1619 Project. If you have anybody leading education in your school, in your district, or in your state who's in favor of the 1619 Project, they're guilty of historical suicide. They're killing the accuracy of history, and they're also killing the legacy of the United States. The 1619 Project is, is historically inaccurate. You even have liberal scholars who are challenging the inaccuracy of Jones's scholarship. But she's also said this, and this is a quote, white people are barbaric devils 
a savage people, bloodsuckers in our community. Close quote. Do you want her curriculum influencing the future of your community? Do you want that type of racism to be dripping and endemic within the classroom and in it, within the curriculum of your local schools? They're educators in California. I talked about this one some months ago. They announced that they're crafting a curriculum to teach, I quote, counter-genocide in their public schools. And what does that mean? Well, California's ethnic studies model instructs students to challenge racist, bigoted, discriminatory, imperialist, colonial beliefs, and critique white supremacy, racism, and other forms of power and oppression, close quote. And they then seek to teach people that the mindset of every single immigrant coming to the shores of early colonial America, every single immigrant was a Eurocentric, white supremacist, capitalist, patriarchal, heteropatriarchal, and anthropocentric individual who was guilty of committing theocide against indigenous tribes, killing their gods and replacing them with Christianity. And the solution to all this? What's the solution that this curriculum proposes? Well, that's easy. Counter-genocide against people of the wrong color and the wrong religion. They actually teach students in California now to chant to the Aztec god of human sacrifice. And I quote, Students are instructed to clap to the God whom the Aztecs traditionally worshipped with human sacrifice, asking him for the power to be warriors for social justice. And then, then the students are actually told to chant to other Aztec gods seeking healing epistemologies and a revolutionary spirit. One god in particular is the Aztec god of war. And then finally, students are instructed to shout, Pancha Bay, Pancha Bay, in pursuit of ultimate critical consciousness. This is all done in a posture of transformational resistance, quote unquote, with the ultimate goal to engineer a counter genocide against Christians and their heterosexism. You think I'm making this stuff up? Are you worried yet? You should be. Because, like I said, what happens in California ain't going to stay in California, folks. What happens in Tennessee isn't going to stay in Tennessee. What happens in New York won't stay in New York. What happens in Oregon won't stay in Oregon. Do you remember in President Trump's last year of office, he announced his intention to establish a 1776 commission? It was aimed at encouraging our nation's public schools to teach the historical facts of our nation's founding. The American Federation of Teachers president, Randy Wittengarten, screamed bloody murder. It's disgusting, he said. The president has no right, close quote. Well, what did the president say that was so un-American? What did he say that he had no right to say? What did he... What in the world did Trump say? Did he pop off with some stupid tweet that he was prone to issue every once in a while that made everybody mad? Well, no, this is what he said. He encouraged our educators to teach our children about the miracle of American history, close quote. He also said the only path to national unity is through a shared identity as Americans. 
And then he said, our youth should be taught to love America with all of their heart and all of their soul, and that we must save this cherished inheritance for our children, for their children, and for every generation to come. He also said that he felt we should embrace the vision of Martin Luther King Jr., where children are not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And then President Trump went on to say, we cannot divide Americans by race in the service of political power. And then he said, we are here today to declare that we will never submit to tyranny. We will reclaim our history, our country, for its citizens of every race and every color, every religion and every creed. Pretty bad stuff, huh? Pretty bad stuff. That's what led to the educational elites screaming, he has no right. And he also said this, America's founding set in motion the unstoppable chain of events that abolished slavery, secured civil rights, defeated communism and fascism, and built the most fair, equal, and prosperous nation in human history. He said, concepts such as hard work, rational thinking, the importance of the nuclear family, and belief in God are good things and not racially pejorative values. And that caused our educational leaders to lose their mind. They lost their mind. They were incensed by the president's call for our public schools to teach these simple truths. Why? Why? Well, maybe the obvious answer is maybe it's because when you want to fundamentally transform a culture in a country, the first step is to disparage its history. Maybe it's because you must first deconstruct a nation's principles when your goal is to redistribute a nation's power. Maybe if your end game is death to America, quote unquote, like we hear being chanted in our nation's streets almost on a daily basis now, maybe you must first kill the American dream in the minds of America's youth. You know, Russell Kirk once wrote this, ignorance is a dangerous luxury. And then he went further. Many Americans are badly prepared for their task of defending their own convictions and interests and institutions. The propaganda of radical ideologues sometimes confuses and weakens the will and the well intentions of Americans who lack any clear understanding of their nation's first principles. And in our age, good-natured ignorance is a luxury none of us can afford. We need to urgently recall to our minds the sound convictions that have sustained our civilization and our nation. If we ourselves are ignorant of those ideas and institutions which nurture our culture and our public liberty, then we will fall, close quote. Could it be that rather, that rather than desiring students to be fully informed that some of our educational establishment, some of our educational elites that I've been referencing in the last few minutes wish for ideological ignorance? You know, there's a story in... Greek lore, that Demosthenes once said this, in God's name, I beg you, think. He said this as he tried to awaken a confused and divided people in Athens to stand against the looming tyranny of Macedonia. And ideologic, 
call ignorance, an ideology of ignorance, or an educated and aware and thinking citizenry. Which would you prefer? Think about it. Think about it. I've said it a thousand times. Ideas matter. What's taught in our classrooms will be practiced in our culture. What you teach today in the school will be practiced tomorrow in your society. Teach self-actualization rather than self-restraint in your schools, and you're going to get a bunch of self-obsessed, perpetual children throwing tantrums in your streets. Garbage in, garbage out. Teach narcissism, and you get a bunch of narcissists. Spend more time showing young boys how to use a condom than teaching them how to be men of character, and don't be surprised when you get Matt Lowers and Harvey Weinsteins. Teach lechery, and you're going to get lectures. Why do you see a gaggle of arrogant adolescents strutting the halls of Washington, D.C.? Well, we produced them. We taught them to behave this way. We created this monster. This situation is of our own making. These people are our fault. They are the product of our local schools and our colleges and our universities. Now, some of you listening might be tempted to dismiss this. Like I started out the show by saying you might be inclined to say that well, you don't care that much because you don't have kids in college or you don't have grandkids headed off to the ivory tower and you don't even have kids, grandkids, nieces, or nephews in your local public schools. That's the next generation's problem, right? Well, if you're tempted to go there, you're dead wrong. You're absolutely dead wrong. This is your problem. And it's your problem in spades. Again, turn on the news. Just read the paper. Open up your laptop. Look at your iPhone. If the burning cars and the destroyed monuments and broken windows in Minneapolis and Seattle and New York, if they haven't caught your attention, what in the world will? If tearing down statues of Frederick Douglass... They were tearing down statues of Frederick Douglass. If that isn't a bridge too far, what is? Our culture is collapsing. And it's collapsing before our very eyes. And it's clear, in my view, as an educator, where the responsibility for this mess lies. It lies with our nation's educational establishment. We're the ones to blame. And if we don't admit this and admit it now, Our country and our culture is lost. We just can't hide in Oklahoma and pretend the storm is going to blow over. John Adams once wrote this. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Adams knew, he knew, that for any nation to survive, it must have a moral and religious glue to bind it together or it will die for lack of definition. Any culture that lacks such definition is going to suffer the fate of the Bolshevik, the French, or the Cultural Revolution. It will fall. It will fall for the lies of the likes of Robespierre and Lenin and Mao if it doesn't have the glue of truth to bind it together. Our American experiment was and is a singular exception to the guillotine or the gulag. Why? 
Why have we realized greater freedoms than any culture, any country, any nation, before or after the inception of the United States? Why? It's because our revolution was driven by the creator rather than the created. It was a revolution grounded in self-evident truths rather than self-righteousness and arrogance. It was a revolution grounded in virtue rather than vengeance and vice. It was a fight for liberty rather than license. It was a battle for freedom rather than safety. It was a fight for principles rather than power. And where do these principles and these moral and religious truths come from? They're passed on from one generation to another through our schools. And our founding fathers knew this. This is why they founded Harvard and Dartmouth and Princeton and Yale. All of them were unapologetically chartered expressly to promote biblical Christianity, to inculcate morality into the minds, the hearts, and souls of the people that would lead this nation. These schools and all that followed them, American education was created to educate a free people, a moral people, a people who could and would control themselves, a people of personal restraint, a people of private and public virtue. Our schools were founded to create a nation of character and individuals of integrity. If you remove a cornerstone from a culture, the house will crumble. And when our schools rot, the fish, the culture, our country stinks from the head down. Our nation stands on the very precipice of a hell of our own making. And your school district, your school district is critical to solving the problem. And if you have leaders that think fomenting victimization and anger and balkanization and division is the solution, all is lost. If your neighborhood is burning, do you think the solution is to rush and throw the gasoline of resentment and recompense and revenge on the fire? Your teachers' unions and many of their members march in solidarity with Marxists while they malign capitalism. They defend the destruction of Antifa. They applaud the divisiveness of BLM. They wave their rainbow banners while disparaging our country's own flag. They deny the science of X and Y chromosomes while, calling, while they call you and me science deniers. They extol socialism while condemning free enterprise. They teach the racism of critical theory. They tout the intolerance of intersectionality and they demand the privilege of denouncing your privilege. And they're using your sons and daughters as pawns in their ugly game of power and politics. This must stop. And we need leaders who diagnose the disease and are willing to perform the surgery to remove the cancer. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. I'm Dr. Ever Piper, and this is The Rebellion.